Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. gentlemen i am your host blake ruffino this is are you serious sports we hope that you guys are making it a good one we know that we are as well massive show in store for you tonight is we will be giving our preseason top 10 and i think you're going to be really liking where we place lsu does lsu have a top five matchup week one we believe so we got lsu in that top five and no not at number five. So we'll talk about that. We'll give our top 10 before Zach Nagy, who from LSU country, who joins us at 730. Looking forward to talk to Zach. Got to give him credit, man. Got to give this man credit. Not only Zach, but Jane Daniels again today going back out there and delivering in the two-minute drill. So we will discuss how the LSU offense continues to roll we'll go around your sec florida has named their starting quarterback is alabama going to be doing that as well we will touch on that they are in my top five too believe it or not i know i'm gonna get pushback on that and that's okay but a team that over the last 16 years has not lost or has not lost more than two games in the regular season, I'm hedging a bet. But I don't think they're better than LSU or Georgia. I do think they're the third best team in the SEC. However, we talked about Zach Nagy. Uh, Williams to the Saints. Our dude, man. Our dude goes to the Saints. So we'll talk about that as well. We'll talk a little bit of Saints here in our actor Zach Nagy joins us. I think that's going to be a really, uh, really fun. Looks like it looks like the Saints are uh, kind of okay with uh, LSU players now. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, 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 indeed. So Daryl Williams to the Saints. We'll talk about that as well, and as we do every Tuesday and Thursday. Hashtag Ask Blake. Thoughts, questions, concerns, fire them inside the Rudy Crew chat, and we will get to as many of them as we can. But we start off with our guy right here off the top, Stephen Fry. Look at my man holding that baby. Look at him. It's not all he does as well. Site work and land development, oil and gas services, commercial construction, aggregate and soil hauling, waste containers, demolition. They do it all. They're out there in Eunice, Louisiana, 337-457-5100. Let him know that Blake sent you on by. But he says, bring on the Seminoles, Blake. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I'm ready. Kenny says, JD5 rocks. Well, he's been rocking the last couple of days. He has been rocking the last couple of days. Hal Juman said they should be in the top five. Blake, I do agree with Hal. I do agree with Hal. I do believe that the Crimson Tide belong to be in the top five. 
King Mo says, Blake, did you see that Dan Mullen interview? I did not. Uh, King, can you DM it to us? Facebook, Twitter, or whatever. Um, I did not see it. I did not see it. I think what has happened with this Dan Mullen thing, I'm pretty sure I muted all things Dan Mullen like two years ago because it was so outrageous. And on Twitter, I never went back and replenished it. That's what I think it, I did. So, no, I did not see it. Uh, see it. Uh, Leandria Lewis says, what's happening, brother? What's happening to you as well? David says, Florida and Alabama can EAD. We will use the abbreviation there. We will not say those names out loud. There's no telling how many children are around us here tonight. <laughs> Old Vit, what's up, buddy? Says, I get nervous when they rank LSU high in preseason. It seems like we underperform when that happens. Well, maybe under past regimes, but they got a good enough team. I think this team's going to be really good. I do think that this team's going to be really, really good. G. McGeezy. McGeezy says, hashtag ask Blake, what's the story on Denver Harris? All right, let's get this out of the way. Um, last night I said I could not confirm nor deny if Denver Harris is suspended. Still cannot do that. Guys, I'm going to be honest. There, It's been pretty tight-lipped on that. Um, there are parts of me, because of how it played out, how he got to LSU, that I want to stay away from it, and some of it I am. I have not heard that he's been kicked off the team, suspended. I hadn't heard any of it. Brian Kelly will address it tomorrow. He was supposed to address the media on Saturday. He's moved it up to Wednesday. So I don't know if that's Denver Harris related. I don't know what that's related to. Here's the bottom line, okay? We've had this conversation at nauseum, and it's getting to a point where I don't really want to have it anymore. Denver had incidents when he was at A&M. He is an 18-year-old kid. Guys, I will be open with you. When I was an 18-year-old kid, I did not make the smartest decisions. I gave my parents a uh, run for, uh, you know, I don't want to say run for their money, but uh, I gave my parents headaches because I was angry a lot of times and no reason to be. I made really dumb choices, very dumb choices. Got rid of friends that had no business getting rid of and, you know, getting when I, I think I turned 25, 26 saying, look, man, I was an idiot, bro. Like I, I did. I was an idiot. He had incidents at Texas A&M. We have talked about it on this show. I, on the field that we've seen at practice, he's had incidents on the field, whether it's being around a fight whether it is pushing on a freshman wide receiver, whether it, regardless of, of what's going on, right? That can't happen. So that's not allowed under Brian Kelly, and nor should it be. Nor should it be. I love the chippiness. I love the attitude. But that attitude's got to come with a little dog. Kai Prian mossing you in the end zone, okay, that cannot happen. That cannot happen. So, it would be one thing if he was out there making plays. Guys, he's not. He hasn't flashed. Does he have the ability and talent to do it? Yeah, he does. But when it comes to Denver Harris... He's going to have to figure out if this is what he wants to do. That is as bottom line as I can say. Guys, he's not in a team photo. He's not at practice for two straight days. Is it it? And, and look, in all candidness, in all candidness, this might even be an injury. But the perception around it, okay, leads you to a place where, well, man, did something happen? Because I will be real with you, and like I am always on this show, I will tell you what I can, what I can't, you know, what I can, and I'll tell you my opinion and what I think. The perception around this is not good for him. So as we continue down this road, 
with him. He's going to have to pick it up. Like, there are things, like, guys, this is, we've brought scouts on this show. We've brought multiple former front office people on this show. There's a lot of times in the chat, maybe you just don't know who they are. And they will tell you when they see something like this, they do not like it. And that's why players fall in the draft or go undrafted. Eli Ricks. <clears throat> Eli Ricks had a pick six last week for the Eagles this past weekend. You know why he goes undrafted? Because he's an attitude problem. That's why. Eli Ricks could be one of the better corners in the NFL. He's that talented. Sometimes you just got to pull your head out of your arse. That's just the truth. There are multiple media members that saw him get mossed by Kai Pran. We're there. So it is what it is. It is what it is. So there's your address. I'm not... Until Brian Kelly makes something something public about it, that's what it is. That's where I sit. He's got to screw his head on right. Guys, we're, we're, we're out there. Okay, let me just give a very quick story. All right? We're out there. And I, I said this last night. It bears repeating one more time. Sitting there at practice, and Denver Harris does something wrong in a play, and Robert Steeples just jumps down his throat, completely gets on to him. Because he's continuously making the wrong moves. 1,000%. So, when, when I look at him and I just look on the field, like, hey, man, okay, maybe you have some of the off-the-field issues, but it's carrying, your, it's carrying your play on the field. So, as we progress, we'll see. All right. A couple more comments, then we'll, uh, we'll get rolling here. Uh, Jared Giller, or Gerard Guillory says, Eli, Elias Ricks Durant. Well, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. It is what it is. I don't know what else to say. Uh, David Woodard says, need to send the honey badger to Harris to have a sit down and get these issues worked out. I, I don't mean this in a wrong way. Like, and, and, and David, I, I get what you're saying, and some of me and parts of me agrees with you. You know what I mean? Like, I agree with what you're saying. He comes from a very stable household. He has mentors inside that building. You have the winningest, one of the winningest coaches in college football's history. Like, what would Tyron Matthews say to him? I mean, guys, Corey Webster was at practice and spoke with him. So, it is what it is. Corey Rogers says Denver Harris is Eric Gilbert all over again. No, I don't. I don't believe that. I don't think it's gotten that bad. All right, we're not. We're not going to spend an entire forty minutes on Denver Harris. It's not going to happen. Uh, Abby on YouTube says the Florida State Cinnamon Roll fans talking a lot of trash. I saw that. He says I can't wait for the Tigers to see the Tigers blow them out. I agree. I agree. No question. All right, let's get rolling. All right, I got one more. Paul Sub says, Denver is Denver saw John Morant and said, hold my NIL. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. All right, let's get rolling. Uh, let's talk about practice. Let's talk about today's practice. What's going on on the field as the LSU offense continues to roll? So let's talk about something that we all want to talk about and listen to. All right, let's talk about our good friends, though, over at betonline.ag. Before we do that, everybody on Facebook, do us a favor. Hit that like and share. Share to all those social media groups. Share to all of those social media pages. If you're listening to us on YouTube, like, subscribe, notification bell. Wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. And if you're watching us on Fubo TV, welcome, welcome, welcome. Don't go anywhere. LSU's offense might just be pretty freaking good. We talk about that next. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all 
of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, betonline.ag. With over 65 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Vardo and Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motor chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. If you break down the side of the road in the greater Baton Rouge area, they will come and get you. And the best thing about that is that they can come and get you, and then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then. Again, GM Varno and Sons, go see them over at 2500 Fuller Boulevard. Give them a call at 225-664-9992. 225-664-9992. Tell them you good friend, Blake Rafino. Sit you on by. We're back. <laughs> Texas isn't, especially in our preseason top 10. Y'all want to knock this out really first before we get to spring practice. So listen, I'm sure we'll talk about this more tomorrow on the Rafino and Joe show. We'll do our top 10, but I'm going to run through mine very quickly. We had a lot of success with this last year. Actually, a crap load of success. Probably the pinnacle of our top 10 review last year was the week that LSU played Alabama. I had LSU at number 10. I talked to some people and it, if you just very quickly, we chronicalize this all on Twitter. Let's just refresh it. We went out. I said, look, I've been talking to some people around college football, and I think LSU is going to land at 10. Did that on Sunday morning. Posted my top 10 on Sunday morning. Tuesday, LSU comes in at number 10. And what everybody said was, oh, well, this is just for TV ratings. No, it's not. LSU would obviously go out there and kick some Rudy Pooh booty all over the field in Baton Rouge and in Death Valley. We had a lot of success. We're going to continue to do it through our Believe Network. Friends, we'll post it on Twitter as well um, right after this. So in case you missed it, we're going to post it as well. But here's my top 10 really quickly. At number 10, I got Clemson. Look, very quickly on them. They got better offensively when they went out and hired uh, Riley, Garrett Riley. I think they have a really good quarterback. I still think that offensive-wise, they have really good weapons. They've gotten better along the offensive line. They've still recruited really good defensively, and quite honestly, other than Florida State, there's nobody in that conference that's going to really give them a challenge unless they start falling off Clemson at number 10. Oregon. Oregon's interesting because I think Dan Lanning has recruited pretty well defensively. Bo Nix is back. They got some offensive weapons back. I do like Oregon. I don't think they're the best team in the Pac-12, and I don't think that they have enough firepower to keep up with USC if they were to get in a shootout, so I put them at number nine. Number eight, Penn State. I think Penn State is one of the more intriguing teams in the country. They have a former five-star quarterback in Drew Aller. They bring back two electric running backs, arguably the second-best offensive line in the Big Ten. What can they do in the Big Ten East? They have a very tough task at trying to take down Ohio State and Michigan. If they hit a quarterback, they have the weapons. They vastly improved defensively under Manny Diaz a year ago. Actually, from one year to the other, from Manny Diaz taking over at D.C., no team saw bigger improvements statistically than Penn State from one year to the other. And I do like Manny Diaz as a DC. I do not like him as a head coach. Number seven, uh, USC. I just think that they have too much offensive firepower, man. And one thing that we know is defensively, they suck. They suck defensively. They legitimately, legitimately, could not tackle a junior high JV team at times of uh, at parts of the season last year. They did get a little bit better up front on the defensive line. Corey Foreman's still there. They went and got Bear Alexander. Can maybe those two dudes make a little bit of waves in the pack? 
I don't think it's going to be enough because it's secondary, in my opinion, is not good enough. But offensively, Caleb Williams is a dude. They still have weapons. Their offensive line with two transfers has gotten a lot better. They're going to run the football at a very high rate. I got USC at number seven. Number six, Ohio State. Quite frankly, Ohio State has no business being in the top five. They have no idea what they're doing at quarterback. Brian Hartline, although he's a great recruiter, has never called plays before. And some people think Ryan Day is in over his head a little bit, even though he's been one of the more winning or winningest coaches in the Big Ten since he's taken over. Number six, Penn State. Number five, Alabama. Look, I mentioned this just uh, uh, very uh, 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 briefly earlier. It bears repeating. Alabama in the regular season over the last damn near two decades, not yet two decades, but damn near two decades, has won 10 games or more in the regular season every year. I know quarterback-wise, who's it going to be? We'll talk about Jalen Milrow a little bit tonight. Maybe it's going to be Milrow. I do believe it will be Milrow because of the experience. I don't know if he holds on to that position, We'll have to wait and see for week two against Texas. But when I look at Alabama and I look at Nick Saban, guys, they've recruited at a high level. They still have dudes on that team and that little short man on the sideline. The likelihood that they go through this year of not winning 10-plus games is not very likely. It's not very likely. I got, I got Bama at five. Florida State at four. Guys, they're my ACC winner. I think they lose to LSU in the opening weekend. I think that they have the talent to beat Clemson twice. I think they win the ACC. The front, Their front seven is arguably going to be the best that you see all year. I think because if you're listening to anything that's coming out of Georgia right now, Georgia is replacing so much defensively up front that Jordan Hall has not been up to snuff and up to par. He's a freshman, but they thought that they could get bigger things out of him. They have not. I think that they do still have really good dudes up front, but that offensive line is something fierce. They're going to run the football at a very, very, very high rate and high successful rate. When it comes to Florida State, though, in that front seven, they might have the best defensive line led by Jared Verse. Even though I believe Harold Perkins is the best defensive player in the country, I think you can make still make an ar- argument for Jared Verse. He is that versatile. Can Emory, If Emory Jones goes out there week one and slows him down and contains him, he's going to make himself a lot of money, Florida State number four. LSU number three. I'm going to wait because we're about to talk about the practice report and you'll get a reasons as to why you've already got reasons as to why I think LSU is a top three team. Michigan at number two. Guys, they have seven offensive linemen that will be drafted. They have a returning quarterback. Both of their starting running backs return. They got receivers that are returning. They got a lot of weapons on the front seven and DB units that are turning. They're returning pretty much all of their coaching staff. John Harbaugh is going to be not serving that four-game suspension. They're going to win the Big Ten. They will more than likely win the Big Ten. Michigan at number two. Georgia at number one. I don't think that that is anything to to snuff at. When you're the reigning, defending, two-time national champion, I think that you deserve that. And they have earned that right at being at number one. They have earned that right. So just so we know, UGA, Michigan, LSU, Florida State, Bama, Ohio State, USC, Penn State, Oregon, and Clemson are my top 10. They are my top 10. Uh, Dane Bergeron says, what's up, Blake? What's up, buddy? Uh, Yes, I did mention Ohio State. They were number six. So I just tweeted that out. If you want to go ahead and hit that retweet button, we really appreciate it. All right, we got to get really quickly because we got Zach Nagy joining us in five minutes. Let's talk about this practice report. Guys, I don't know where this stuff is coming from, Jane Daniels. So I know because nine times out of ten, you are just as plugged in as we are in the media when it comes to this LSU football team. Sometimes life hits you. Uh Uh-oh. Hey, I'm over here. There we go. 
Sometimes life's hit you and you're not able to. You're not able to follow it as closely. But yesterday there was a narrative about Jane Daniels and his quarterback room that they're not ready. Well, boy, did they respond today at practice. Boy, did they respond today at practice. Guys, Jane Daniels went off again. Now, Saturday, we will be out there, and we will watch this scrimmage. What can this offense continue to do in a live 11-on-11 in a scrimmage? We're going to find out. We're going to find out just how serious this offense is. Can the defense make a stand? But in 11-on-11 today, in two-minute drill, Jane Daniels went off. He scrambled for a touchdown. He stepped into the pocket multiple times. One uh, one time he stepped up in the pocket. He hit uh, Malik Neighbors on a beautiful throw in man-to-man coverage down the field. He's utilizing the middle of the field, hitting his targets. You know, Kyron Lacey, <clears throat> sorry guys, and Aaron Anderson continue to rotate in that slot position. There were some running backs out today, I think more for precaution, but they're rotating running backs in. John Emery, Noah Kane, and Trey Holly saw a lot of reps, while Caleb Jackson also caught a touchdown pass from Garrett Nussmeyer in the flat for a touchdown. This offense continues to roll. This front seven for LSU is really going to have to stand up because right now it's taking the secondary a little bit of time to catch up. Can they? Zy Alexander and Deuce Chestnut continue to be your starters on the outside with Ashton Stamps, the freshman from Rummel, is rotating in there with the ones. And let me just stop right there about Ashton Stamps. Let me get some water because my my throat is getting a little scratchy. Pause. Let me stop right there on Ashton Stamps because if there's one question that I have been getting more than anything, the question that I have been getting the most is about Ashton Stamps and Blake why is he why is he rotating with the ones if Ashton Stamps was a four-star nobody would be blinking an eye no one but because he was a three-star kid coming out of New Orleans because he went to LSU three times and didn't get an offer until the third time that he went there Everybody starts saying, starts saying, well, you know what, man? Is this kid really ready to go? Well, let's talk about Ashton Stamps for just a quick second. Guys, he won every rep during the summer when it comes to the DB unit. LSU posted about it. LSU's talked about it as a whole. They showed that how much this kid wanted. He's gained probably 15 to 20 pounds since high school. We've seen him out there guarding uh, Justin Jefferson, the best wide receiver in the NFL, I might add, out there in the summer guarding one-on-one Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson got him on a route, on a double move. Guys, you're talking about the best wide receiver in the NFL hit a freshman up on a double move. Fade route, action stamps, lock down JJ. It's posted on, on social media. So all this talk... About, oh, my God, Ashton Stamps. Well, you're going to have to explain to me how there's footage out there in the ether from Ashton Stamps locking down in two of the three reps against Jordan, or Justin Jefferson. Just throwing that out there. The kid has had a really, really, really good fall camp. And he will continue. Greg Brooks was back out there. So was Mason Smith. Even though Mason Smith was a little bit limited, Greg Brooks was back out there going full stride. One guy that I do want to mention was Paul Mabinga because we had not seen a lot from old Paul Mabinga, the kid from Georgia. But rotating in with the twos today, (sighs) my man had a little bit of an interesting body slam on Ty G Hill. He hit him with that rock bottom. If you smell... But The Rock is cooking. I mean, full-blown stunner DDT, people's elbow. 
Paul Mabenga, man, this young offensive line, borderline, Zalance Hurd, who are both rotating with the twos, they've had some really good moments. But one thing, as we are multiple weeks into this now, now that we're multiple weeks into fall camp, there's one thing that we have not mentioned. The starting five of the offensive line, even though Marlon Martinez is rotating in center, even though Mason Lunsford is rotating in at guard, right guard specifically, at least what I've seen, they've had these start the same starting five all camp long, and nothing's really changed. I went back uh, a year ago today, and I wrote this down. By the way, happy anniversary of Miles Bennett Brennan retirement. Congratulations to Miles Brennan. On this date, one year ago, he retired from football. I had written down seven different offensive line combinations that LSU had run at this point last year. Seven. The offensive starting units that LSU's run out with this camp so far, one. That's one thing that we're not talking about. So, as we continue to progress, Brian Kelly in practice tomorrow, the big day on Saturday with the scrimmage, we will continue to monitor. But there's nothing bigger, in my opinion, that happened today than the two-minute drill with Jaden Daniels, and we'll talk to Zach, about, Zach Nagy about that next. So, let's do that. Let's do that. I saw. I did see this. Brad said, Blake, you're so stupid. I guess talking about my top 10. Well, since we're talking about the WWE, I'm going to pull my best evolution move. You can. I don't want to get canceled. But I was about to go, you know. So good. <laughs> hey, man. Leave me alone. Don't be me. <laughs> All right, let's get to Zach Nagy next. He was at practice today. Let's run through it with him. What are some things that he's seeing? Let's talk offense. Let's talk defense. Let's talk special teams. And I'm sure Denver Harris, you are pestering me, uh, even though we've talked about it like at nauseam. I'm sure we'll, I'll ask him about Denver Harris. Oh, Denver Harris. Oh. Anyway. Sorry about good friend Tyler Alexander over at EXP Realty. Our good friend Carol Foster over at State Farm. Don't go anywhere. We've got more practice report coming for you next. Stay with us. He will sell your house and find you a new. Well, Tyler's the man, he's here for you. If you want to buy or sell, well, it's not too late. Dial 955-0008. Just call 955-0008. Y'all call Tyler. He'll shoot you straight. Guys, you might know my good friend Carol Falls and all the great service that he provides over at State Farm. He is your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates as well? Along with the great neighbor service, State Farm agent Carol Falls has surprisingly great rates for everyone inside the state of Louisiana. So call him today at 985-395-4300, 985 395 395-4300 for all of those surprisingly great rates on auto, home, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there, and individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to the State Farm underwriting requirements. Zach Nagy, Sports Illustrated, LSU Country, joins us. What's up, buddy? How's it going, man? Missed you out there today. Yeah, you know, listen, I think I, I could buy a little grace. You know, I was in Dallas this weekend, so, you know, a little exhausted, you know. Big weekend for you, too. You killed that. Thanks. Um, but exhausted. <laughs> I can only imagine, but you killed that. That was awesome coverage. Good yeah, stuff. Thanks, man, and great player, too. So. Uh, so let's talk about it today. So, look, I was reading your report, and I suggest anybody that's an LSU fan to go uh, follow Zach on Twitter, at ZNaggy20. And I thought your report was pretty awesome. Let's run through this, though, Zach. Listen, I don't think... What's what's crazy to me is this. I told you this at practice the other day, I think. 
Maybe I told somebody else, but I'm pretty sure I told you. Dude, we're not talking enough about Jaden Daniels. And that's the bottom and that's the bottom line. Okay? He goes back out there today after being criticized the day before for God knows what whatever reason. Yeah. Goes out there in two minute drill again today, Zach, and lights it up like he's on the uh, the the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's how much he was lighting it up. So, Brody, we need to start talking a little bit more about Jane Daniels. Look, for the most part, when I was on here at one point, I think you might have asked me. We were talking about the whole Heisman stuff and how he was number two in the Heisman running, right? And it seems like he has that Heisman like you know talk. But even just us in the media, we're not really sitting back and talking about just how much he's torching during fall camp. I mean, he's torching. Um, and today was just a completely the, the same story. You know, it, it, that two-minute drill was something special. And it was nice because he wasn't forcing things. Agreed. He's coming naturally to him now. And that Malik Neighbors connection is going to be unbelievable. We were talking to Garrett Nussmeyer after practice today, and he had two words for him. He's different. Uh, it's the only two words that he used to describe Malik Neighbors. So, it's going to be something special, but kind of just staying on Jaden Daniels. You know, he connected with Malik Neighbors in the end zone for a score. Malik Neighbors had three scores uh, during the red zone work. So Jesus. It, it, it's something special, man. Jaden Daniels is torching, and um, it, it's not being talked about enough, including myself. So why? Let, let me ask, why aren't we, why aren't we doing it? Like, I, I feel like I am. But I look around this and the pre in the buzz, is it just because it's fall camp or the DBs are struggling? Like, why? Why do you think that it ultimately why we're not talking about it? I like the second reason. Like, the secondary has been struggling to a degree, so it's easy to, you know, nitpick and, and say that they're not playing well and he's kind of just taking advantage of that. But at this point, it's expected for him to be really good. Like, he needs to be – this is what he needs to be doing. It's expected of him in year two. Same offensive system, 10 returning offensive starters. I mean, it's expected for him to torch at this point. So – you know, that, that might be one of the reasons why we're not really talking about him enough. But, you, you know, to be honest, it's it's not fair to him because he's he, he's killing it. And we, we need to, uh, you know, praise him as he should be. You mentioned Malik Neighbors. And he has been on a different planet, okay, the last yeah. two weeks. Dude, yes. What, what do we make of this, Zach? I mean, because we've covered some really good wide receivers here. And this is starting to look like Jamar Chase in 2019 when you go out there and he's unguardable and uh, Derek Stingley can't cover him, Christian Fulton can't cover him. I don't want to put that accolade on him, okay? I I don't. But if you covered the team in 19 (laughs) – this has a lot of similarities. Are we go? Would I be going too far in saying that there's a lot of buzz in that comparison that he's having? That it, it's tremendous high praise to compare him to Jamar Chase, arguably the greatest receiver in LSU history. Arguably, so before the you know the chat starts crucifying, me, it's, <laughs> arguably, it, it's debatable. Like he's arguably the best you know wide receiver that you've got. Um, referring to Jamar Chase. So fast forward now to 2023 with Malik Neighbors. I mean. What he's doing is special. He dominated as a sophomore. A 1,000-yard season is kind of tough to do as just a sophomore. So now, you know, again, it's expected for him to come in and just kill the game. And I think he's going to do that. He's a physical specimen, and it's showing in a big way. I know that we have to wait for the scrimmage until Saturday. But do we have to really wait? Like, because at what point, Zach, do we sit back and just say that this offense has been dominating? They're dominating the running game. You know, Jane Daniels had a scramble for a TD today. I guess break that two-minute drill down for us because just to give the listeners that weren't there or hadn't seen your report yet, uh, can you give us that two-minute drive rundown, like what it looked like? For the most part, you're just seeing Jaden Daniels be completely poised. And like you said, I mean, he scored on a scramble and he, and he scored with Malik Neighbors as well. He connected with him in the end zone. And it's not a matter of him rushing things. I know it's a two-minute drill where you're supposed to be rushing things, but when you have a quarterback that looks so poised and comfortable in the pocket, again, small sample size, fall camp, but even just dating back to last year, the Jaden Daniels two-minute drill was something that wasn't really a concern. He kind of killed it last year as well. So carrying the same success in right now and looking at today, it was just much of the same. You know, he was really poised in the pocket, connected with his receivers, balanced attack with his legs as well. So you're seeing a complete player doing what he's supposed to be doing at this point in his career. All right. I'm going to move to secondary. Do you want to knock out this Denver Harris thing first? Can we, do you, we, can we just – you know, let's talk about it. Let's uh, do it. I don't know if they're talking about it in the, in the chat. It's, yet, but it's all over the place. Let's hit it. We'll, all right. Let's go. So 
I have not been able to confirm anything. Okay. But Zach, we, me and you again, talked about this at practice. Robert Steeples last week jumped all over him for doing something he wasn't supposed to be doing on the field, meaning making a wrong read. Yeah. Um, however, he wasn't in the team photo. He hasn't been in practice the last two days. What do we make of this? You know, it, it's. I wish I had an answer for you. I think a lot of people wish that they had an answer for you. It, it's been really kept, you know, close to the vest, and it's it's been silent. But you, know, you might have to start piecing a couple of things together. No team photo. Last two days, not there. Is it a suspension? Is he off the team? Which one is it? Those are your two options. And ultimately, we'll know tomorrow what the what the verdict is on that. But I mean, those are your two options at the end of the day. And you know, he came to LSU on a tight leash. You know, it, he might not have had three strikes like everybody else. He might have only had two. And Brian Kelly let him know that during their, you know, kind of meetings before he ended up coming to campus. So he knew what he was getting himself into. Is it a suspension? Is he gone? We'll find out sooner rather than later. Were you surprised that Brian Kelly moved up his press conference? And let me ask you a double-edged question here. Am I am I really led to believe that Brian Kelly, the cerebral assassin, when it comes to how he deals with things, moves a press conference up from Saturday to Wednesday just because of one player? Like, that doesn't feel – that doesn't feel like – right to me i don't think he moves anything up for denver harris am i wrong there i don't think you're wrong he's a ceo and he does everything really like meticulously and, and you know organized and set to a t so no i don't think he would do it just for one player specifically so there might be some you know some underlying reasons as to why he would do something like that but i mean again tomorrow is going to be what tells us uh you know everything all right so back into the real on the field football there hasn't been much rot- – I mean, I know that Ashton Stamps is rotating in with the one with the ones and has looked pretty decent, if we're being real. He's a- damn good. Ashton Stamps has looked damn good. I-, I mean, and listen, we're not talking about against Zach, the number two wide receivers. Like, God bless his soul, and I love this kid to death. I really do love him. It ain't Landon Ibietta, okay? Like, he's doing it against Malik Neighbors. So, yeah. but – the three that it seems outside the slot that are rotating with the ones, Zy Alexander, Deuce Chestnut, and Ashton Stamps, what have you made of those three? Because I thought if there if there are any three that are stepping up, it's those three. I, I'm a huge fan of Zy Alexander. I love everything he brings to the table. He's long, he's lanky, he's quiet. He doesn't say too much, and he's sneaky strong. He's an interesting player. And then you look at somebody like Deuce Chestnut, and they're polar just opposites. They, it's, it's not even close, you know. Deuce Chestnut, somebody who's close to the ground, moves a little bit quicker, and he's feisty, and he's loud, and he's tenacious. So when you're comparing those two players, they're, they're two completely different guys. And then you insert this true freshman, Ashton Stamps, and, I mean, it's been a meteoric rise. He's flying up this depth chart, and he's looking phenomenal. So you have three kind of different dynamics right there, and LaTerrence Welch ultimately is your fourth guy. But, I mean, I love Zy Alexander. I, I love what he was bringing to the table right now. And Deuce Chestnut's just a firecracker, man. Andre Sam, a guy at safety, um, who seamlessly is now, I guess, Zach, would you – I mean, let me ask you this. Would you consider Andre Sam a starter at this point? I mean, like, that's pretty much locked in because he's been running with the ones for a while now. He's been running with the ones because Greg Brooks has been dealing with some health issues. But, you know, if they go in a three-safety set, I mean, it's it's 100% locked in. And and Greg Brooks, correct me if I'm wrong, I mean – but he's been a lot in the slot, though, man, right? Like, he's been in the slot a lot of times, and then Andre Sam is that third safety that's pretty much been in there, correct? Correct. And and Sam's looked spectacular. Andre Sam has looked the part. And there were some questions. I mean, was he an SEC-caliber player coming from, you know, Marshall <laughs> McNeese, that two-lane quick stint? It doesn't really count, to be honest with you. But right. is he an SEC guy? And he's looked the part. He, he's looked phenomenal. Uh, he's come up with some, a couple pass breakups, a pick here and there, so – He's looking phenomenal. Major Burns is an incredible safety. I mean, he's he's looking tremendously big. He worked with the linebackers a little bit today I as well. Saw so that. It's been a little interesting dynamic there, but eventually Greg Brooks will get healthy and work in there too. And I mean, you have three capable SEC safeties. Moving along, this LSU team, Zach. I I went back a year ago today. Okay, I don't know if you you heard this when we were talking about before you came on. Seven different. At uh, offensive line combinations as with the ones, yeah. this time last year, Zach, we've had one this year. Correct. The same starting five. What do you make of that? You've had the same starting five for the most part. You've had Mason Lunsford kind of 
go in there a little bit too. Marlon right. Martinez a little bit too. But I mean, from left to right, you got Will Campbell, Garrett Dellinger, Charles Turner, Miles Frazier, and Emory Jones, and that's kind of been your set five guys, and they've looked great. And it's a promising sign because you're only going to go as far as your offensive line takes you. And Jaden Daniels was a success story when his offensive line was great. So at the end of the day, however they look is going to be how far this team goes. It's interesting because Jaden has a lot of time back there, and they're going. They're, it's not like Zach that Harold Perkins didn't rush today, right? Like I saw, I saw the tweet from somebody. I, I, God bless it. God save me. Harold Perkins tries to get a rush on phone. Emory Jones can't get there. Jane Daniels steps up in the pocket. Rifles went downfield. Touchdown. Um, are they the most improved unit since Brian Kelly's been here? Like, if if you had to point out one unit that has taken probably the biggest leap, would it be this O-line unit since Brian Kelly's been the head coach? Yes. I mean, he brought in two true freshmen last year who dominated the game. <laughs> Will Campbell and Emory Jones are menaces up front. They looked the part, and – now they have experience under their belt as true freshmen. You come in as sophomores and you take on more of a leadership role. And you have Lance Hurd coming in as a true freshman who's looking great with the second unit. I mean, yes. Just to answer your question, yes. Yes. Running backs today, look, a couple guys were out. Go read the report. Zach put it in his. But some running backs were out. But John Emery, Noah Kane, Trey Holly, and Caleb Jackson with a tutty today. With from What was it, Garrett Nussmeyer in the flat, I'm assuming? Yes. So let me ask you this, running back, really quickly. Do you have any inkling of who's going to start? Because I have. I'm going to be real. I, I Like, I wrote down in practice when you and I were there and we were walking off the field, it was two plays out, two plays out, two plays out. They're rotating like hotcakes, and me and I hop and all-you-can-eat pancakes on Sundays, okay? <laughs> they're rotating in and out. Do you have any inkling who's going to be the starting running back for LSU? It's hard to not point at Logan Diggs and, and Josh Williams if they're healthy to be kind of a one-two punch right then and there. Noah Kane's been as consistent and reliable as you could ask for during camp. He's had a phenomenal offseason, and you'd be doing him kind of dirty if you didn't give him a sufficient amount of snaps. So it's a three-headed monster right then and there. Armani Goodwin, if he can stay healthy, would be phenomenal. Trey Bradford is a really slept-on guy that no one's talking about who's been taking a couple first-team reps, too, with some guys banged up. And right. when I say guys banged up, I'm referring to Josh Williams, Armani Goodwin, and Logan Diggs. They didn't participate today. Right. Um, so, you know, I, w- I want to look at Josh Williams and Logan Diggs and say that that could be your one-two punch. And if you need a third guy, you, you look at Noah Kane as somebody who can step into the fold. I This is opinion. This isn't sourcing, okay? Opinion. There's no – if now, I don't know what Frank's going to do, and I'm not in that building. So, me trying to tell Frank Wilson anything is probably pretty stupid. I would give Noah Kane that first – rep on offense down one play one for LSU he was here in the spring he was at every practice he's been in the fall he's been in every practice he hasn't missed a beat and I think that you got to reward that that's if there's if there's somebody that's going to tell me hey who is down one play one snap one starter there's no way in hell to me that you don't give it to 21 because he's been there the whole time Zach he's been he's been all reliable I mean he's somebody that you can fall back on when you need him and he's been healthy He's looked apart, like I've said a gajillion times, but a couple of people. And, you know, he's just been really consistent, and you, you, he doesn't skip a beat. So that's not a far-fetched take at all, and that's kind of why I included him in that big three because you don't know what's going to happen with Josh Williams. That knee's been giving him some, some trouble. Some Logan real Diggs trouble. Logan hamstring and a couple of other things kind of have kept him Are you worried about him? I'm worried about Logan Diggs? No, are you worried about Josh Williams? I wouldn't say I'm worried about him. It's definitely concerning considering how much time he's missed this offseason. It, I'd like to see him get healthy and kill the last couple of weeks of camp. But it's certainly it, – I'd be lying if I said I wasn't concerned because he's just missed so much time this offseason. Yeah. All right, I'm going to transition because I'm trying to hit all these position groups with you. Zach Nagy, Sports Illustrated, LSU Country. You can follow him on Twitter at ZNagy20. Your boy, Kamarian Pimpton. Go ahead. Oops, Talk about it. Talk about him, him. I know that you love him. Every time every time I pass and walk by you in practice, all I hear is Nagy saying, oh, Blake, there goes Pimpton again. And I'm just like, okay, Mr. Zach. Okay. Bro, my man looks good. I mean, my goodness gracious. He's a unit. His 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 man. wingspan is the size. It's a billboard off I-10. <laughs> and Gordon. <laughs> 
get Gore, just get him get him something and have him on the billboard with his wingspan stretching across the whole damn thing because that's just how good that's how long he is. His catch radius is tremendous. He, his hands are so advanced. His physical tools are tremendous. It, it's hard to not look at Kamari and Pimpton and just be like, "What the heck is going on?" So he, he caught a fade route, correct, in the back of the end zone off of Jordan Allen today. Is that right, dude? Catch of the day, catch of the day. One of the catches of fall camp. He, he his catch. He, he it's impo- It's almost impossible to overthrow him. His arms are so long. His verticals there. Physical tools. I, Who does he remind him, you of? Is he is he Kyle Pitts? Someone asked me that the other day. Actually, it's crazy that you asked me that. I, I'm. That's that's such high praise. He, he's he's a true freshman. I don't want to put those type of expectations on his back right now. But I mean, when you're looking at a comparison in the long term game, it's hard to not look at somebody like Kyle Pitts and say he's just that versatile. He's not as small, like lean as Kyle Pitts is. Like he's a. Uh... I don't know what to put him as, man. I, I you know, like, I, because, I, like, if you give the body comp, it's like you're doing him a disservice. But, I mean, when they're the same height, they're the same weight, it's just hard not to look at him. And he continues, Zach, he continues, and I heard Steeples talk about this in practice, him screaming, Zach, have you seen him not come down with the ball yet? Like, there's not been one that's touched the ground when they throw it at him. For the most part, he, he's catching damn near everything. Everything. Of course, true freshman. There'll be a couple drops here and there. I'm, I'm not going to be a liar here. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, right. I can't go that hard. You, you know how much I love him. So I have to give, uh, you know, it's not always perfect with him. But look, man, he's catching just about everything his way. And he's looking he's looking absolutely phenomenal. I'm glad you brought up Pimpton. Uh, guys on Facebook, I'm not, I'm not sure what's going on with the audio. I mean, Zach, you can hear me, correct? I can hear you. Can hear Everybody me. on YouTube seems to uh, be okay with it. All right. Um, the front seven. Let's go D-line linebackers. What have you? What did you see today from them? Yeah, so I guess kind of hit on Mason Smith first. He was off to the side kind of doing individual work for the most part. On Saturday, he went down with that, you know, leg injury. And it, it's minor. It's, it's not something that's going to be worried about long term. But, you know, he was off to the side for the most part. So your, your front four has been kind of, you know, Savion Jones and Ovio Gufo, or Gufo, or Gufo, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, on the outside, and then you got Makai Wingo and Jacoby and Guillory on the inside doing what they need to do. So that's your front four when Mason Smith's, you know, getting healthy on the sideline. Uh, another guy who had a tremendous day today was Quincy Wiggins. In my opinion, he had the best day of fall camp. Uh, he's somebody that I'm super high on, and I, I would love to, you know, see what happens with him because you can't not put him in the game this season. He needs some reps. So, you know, your front four, I, I kind of said that for you, get a little Quincy Wiggins action in there as well, and then you know what your linebacker unit looks like. You you have Harold Perkins and Omar Spades holding down the fort with some action from Greg Penn and the Weeks brothers. So, you know, you, you have you have some some versatility up, up front, that front seven. Um, can we expound on this Quincy Wiggins thing? What happened? Dude, winning one-on-one battles, just looking incredibly poised. Body is is unbelievable. I was talking about Camorian Pimpton's. Yeah, you know, I saw he yeah, he pumped he pumped Pimpton today, dude. Yeah. I talk about the physical traits that he has, and you look at somebody like Quincy Wiggins, and he's kind of in the exact same boat as well. Physically advanced for his age. I know he's in his second year with the program, but he's looking phenomenal. If last question, uh, last question for you, Zach, because I kept you way too long. Um, I'm going to make a statement, and you don't have to agree with. I feel if the game against Florida State ha- happened today. I'm not worried about what LSU is going to do offensively. Just not really worried. I, But I do get a gut-riching feeling knowing what Florida State has a receiver, quarterback, offensive line, and other positions. I, do, I don't like that. If the game were to line up today, what are you really – is there – like – I, what are you happy and glad and know that LSU has accomplished and they will look good at? But is there anything that makes you nervous? I mean, you know the answer. It's, it's the secondary. I mean, what do you yeah. think in that unit? And, you know, you can look at that and circle the secondary, but if your defensive line shows up to the game like they're supposed to and put some pressure on, you know, their quarterback and, and work from there, you're, you're going to put yourself in tremendous position. But if I'm circling one spot, it, it's most definitely going to be that secondary. What can they do? And, you know, can they can they do their business? 
All right, we do have a couple questions in here for you. I'm going to throw this. Uh, Josh Forbes says, Zach, you're a traitor because you went from Preston's show to my show, but this show's better because Preston stinks. I'm just joking. I love Preston. I, I'm love just joking. Preston. Yeah, okay. Uh, Sage Ryan, out there at corner, what you make of that? Yeah, I mean, sometimes when you're, you're, you're throwing different formations, different schemes out there, you're, you're going to put somebody like Sage Ryan there. There's some depth issues at corner for the most part. So you have your, your top three of, you know, Stamps, Alexander, and Deuce Chestnut. You throw somebody in there like Sage Ryan, who's a versatile athlete. I mean, you, you might as well get him on the field as much as you can. So, yeah, he's, he's been getting some reps at corner. And, you know, How's he he's looked? not shying away from the competition. How has he looked? Great. I, I love what Sage Ryan brings to the table. We had the chance to talk to him earlier this week as well. And it, it's I, I love what he brings to the table, man. He's such a humble beast. And I'm, I'm excited to see him kind of break out this season when you're circling guys who have the chance to break out this year you have to put sage ryan on that list all right we have one, one last for you uh c king says how does savion jones look now i've i've been just completely in awe of this young man but how have you seen savion jones look i love what he brings to the table he, he's been living in the weight room he's been taking advantage of the nutrition staff he, he's up to two roughly 280 pounds around that area so big strong uh tenacious and kind of just doing what he needs to do on, on the line and I, I'm really intrigued with what type of year he can have too. I talk about Sage Ryan as a breakout candidate. I, I, I'd be I'd be kind of doing Savion Jones a disservice if I didn't put his name in that category as well. All right, last one. I lied. Toviano. You know, a lot of people were like, "Hey, man, he's he's killing it." And I'm like, I, I mean, I, I've seen yeah. some things, but I mean, <laughs> what do you think of Toviano? I mean, he just looks like he just has fr he has not looked bad. He, he looks like he's having freshman moments. That's what that's how I see it because he's like really one, one really good play and then it's like he's looking around like, oh, how did they just score? Thoughts on Toviano so far? It's well said on your behalf. I mean, he's a freshman. He's going to have some hiccups here and there, and he, and he certainly had those. But, I mean, the offseason that he's had is tremendous. He went from 185 pounds to 201 pounds. Right. He looks like an absolute dog living in the weight room, and he's poised, you know long-term to do big things but as for the current time that we're at right now there's been some hiccups here and there because he showed flashes of greatness I mean he can do anything you need in the secondary he can play nickel cornerback safety really do whatever you need and he's been getting a little bit of safety action throughout the last couple of days as well but he, he's looked great at times and he's had his freshman moments this time at times <laughs> as well so completely agree with what you're saying I can't uh no, not much more to add to that we got Zach Nagy here. Follow him on Twitter. Y'all need to read this man's reports. You're a Rudy Pooh if you don't. At ZNaggy20. Thank you so much, buddy, for joining us. We'll see you out there soon. Of course. Appreciate it, my guy. See you Saturday. See you, man. All right, that's Zach Nagy from Sports Illustrated. Let's get a quick break. We got some more things we need to talk about. SEC, we'll go around. Hey, I'm hearing some things on Jalen Milrow. I think Alabama's got the quarterback. We're going to talk about that next. Let's talk about our good friends over the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Don't go anywhere. By the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Whether you've been injured in an accident, you're preparing for a future with your estate planning, you're getting ready to close in on a real estate deal, or you're about to welcome a new addition through adoption into your family, or you're facing criminal charges, you need very experienced attorneys, and that is what the Drake Williams Law Firm will be able to do for you in navigating the legal system. The door to their cozy office in historic downtown Ponchatoula has been open since 1981. They have helped thousands and thousands of Louisiana families and individuals win cases, close on real estate deals, and regain that peace of mind. Their lawyers over at the Drake Williams Law Firm, Ernie Drake III, Ryan J. Williams, and Summer Vignair are very determined, compassionate, and dedicated to their craft. It's the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com. Give them a call today at 985-386-7600. Tell them your good friend Blake Rafino at AYS sent you on by. I am looking forward to watching Hard Knocks. Have I Did I miss that episode? Do I need to go watch that at the end of this? Um, I think I do. I do think that I do. Uh, I don't know when it airs. I need to, I need to figure that out. Uh, Tony says, how does Jefferson and Guillory look? Let me just say this. They have they have looked pretty stinking good. Um, Guillory, you could just tell like it. 
he's not going to, like, if Jacoby and Guillory didn't have a sack on the year, I would not be surprised. Okay? He's not that good. But when it comes to the running game, he just kind of feels like he's finally potentially taking another step of being that senior leader that you could throw in there and not get absolutely bullied anymore. Um, Because he got those, man, he was getting double teamed left and right. I do think that they help him out a little bit with that, though, too, because Mason Smith is going to be returning, but we'll see. I think Jordan Jefferson's the biggest sleeper for me. I do think that Jordan Jefferson is the biggest sleeper in all this. Guys, to some extent, from the things that I've seen, my man at times has been, if he gets a one-on-one pass rush, I've seen him win multiple reps so far this, this camp. Multiple reps. Now, he's going against the twos. And I understand that. He was a starter at West Virginia last year. I look at it as a guy like Jefferson, like, hey, man, he could easily be that third interior defensive lineman that you use. Is this maybe just, you know, him going against the twos? Is this just fall camp? But, dude, like – when I look at a guy like Jordan Jefferson, okay, well, you show me your ability to get after the passer you sh- from the interior, which I love so freaking much. And then I'm like, man, can you translate that to a game? Can, can you tra- can Jordan Jefferson translate what we've literally been given and seen in practice? Can Is he going to take that next step? I hope I'm not wrong there. I hope that he does turn it up, but man, if that if that dude can transition from what he's done so far into a game like Florida State, and he gets some of that rotation in there, maybe giving Mason Smith a little break, I like the, I like him so far of uh, this camp. And Tony sends a nineteen ninety nine dollar super chat. Said, just want to bless my boy with a super chat. My man. My man. Thank you, Tony. You know how much that means. Uh, Thank you. My man. Christopher Savoy says, going to have to play a lot of three safety versus Florida State. I do agree with that. Help the corners out with some of the wide receivers. I do agree. I do agree. Let me go around the SEC right quick. Graham Mertz was named the starting quarterback at Florida. I don't think that there's any doubt in your mind that it should have been him. But man, I really, I listened to Saban today. Or the from when he talked the other day. I think they're going to roll, I think they're going to roll with Milrow. And... I don't know if Milrose is the starting quarterback by the time we get, you know, LSU and Alabama plays, but I would not be shocked if Jalen Milrow is the starter week two or if they don't have some type of rotation. It's interesting because when you look at Alabama, you normally think that they have their shizite together. They kind of don't at that position it's going to be interesting i do think that you know everybody's talking about all these quarterbacks and they want to be more balanced guys tyler buckner sucked last year throwing the football sucked you know notre dame fans lied to you they absolutely lied to you notre dame fans came out here and said true prime stinks he stinks okay well, that guy that stunk got you out of the hole and led you to 9-3 and three when Tyler Buckner was getting his ass kicked by Marshall and Andre Sam. That dude was as inconsistent as a wet fart. That dude was so inconsistent, he's like a wet fart, you can't trust it. 
Sorry for the analogy if you're around kids. But let's not act like you ain't had a, you ain't pooted in front of your kids. <laughs> so I do look at this. <laughs> you know how the, the the bass the bass slows down. <laughs> Oh, God. Chris says, wet farts scare me. They should. They should. All right. I do think it's going to be Jalen Milrow. I think they're going to go experience, and they're going to run a lot of zone read. They're going to try to see if they can help him out and help him out in some of these easy throws. I do expect him to be on a short leash. I very much expect him to be on a very short leash. Can he maintain that position? Because if he looks like he did against Texas A&M last year, because look, Milrow threw, had multiple turnovers in that game. If he remotely starts doing what he did again, they're going to pull him for probably Tyler Buckner, I would assume, or Ty Simpson. We'll see. But I do think that he's on a very, very short leash. Very short leash. All right. Let's get out of here. Oh, Darrell Williams to the Saints. How about that? How about that? Good for Darrell Williams, man. I got to be real. I love that dude so much. Uh, Darrell Williams maybe the most, like nobody talks about him, but that dude is all reliable too. I love me some Darrell Williams, man. I am glad that he's back in New Orleans. I'm glad that we got another Tiger, and that man's going to give you some consistency in that backfield. So good for Dale Williams. We'll see you tomorrow, guys. Y'all have a good one. Peace! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.